Hello and welcome to the Film Ireland podcast. I'm Gemma Cray and I'm chatting with writer and filmmaker Alex Coyote K, an executive producer and friend of the podcast, Roisin Kearney, about their beautiful short film, The Ballad of Olive Morris, which has been nominated for a BAFTA among many, many, many awards. Thank you so much for chatting with us. Nice to meet you, Gemma. And nice to see you again, uh, Rose. Nice to see you too. <laughs> uh, what um first up, what a what an absolutely gorgeous film. Oh my god. Um so your your Baftinom, I think, is well, well, well earned. I was blown away by it. Um unfortunately how timely it, it is, how yeah. like unnervingly timely it is when instead of you go, it should be a retrospective piece about activism, it's actually a, a kind of cutting commentary on on society um so just just like just as a viewer thank you for creating it it's 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 very powerful i mean thank you um it was like again i kind you know on some level i kind of knew that it's a timeless like story um a situation that's always going to be relevant um the story of olive morris and and the things that she fought for and in particular, that particular incident in the short film that I made um, uh, against police brutality and just general um, prejudice and, and and racism and that type of thing. It's, it's never it's never going to it's never going to leave us. Um, so these things are always going to be relevant. So I can't say that I had some crystal ball where I was like, okay, I knew that would you know be the case. But um, yeah, it's just it's just unfortunate that's that's the way that's the way the world. Oh, well, it's like I wish I wish it could be like something else where we're going we're looking back and saying isn't great it's how society shifted in 2020 and now we're looking at it from a different point of view and i wish i could like say you know this this highlighted that that movement and it isn't like we're just we're just in the same old the same old shit which is which is really unfortunate but i think what your film does so beautifully is you know captures the rallying spirit of people on the ground and and that that fight and the the empathy and the humanity I think is 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 what what is gorgeous and and all in ten minutes <laughs> so it's like it's 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 such a big small film like it's it's enormous so I'm <laughs> a big small film that's a that's, yeah. a, that's a very I, that's an interesting way of putting it. I've never heard. I've never heard that particular phrasing before, but I'll use it. It's a yeah. big, small film. It is. You can quote it. Phil, put on the poster as Ireland. said, it's a big, small film. Um, so I just wanted to um, chat to you guys. I know it's it's so difficult getting something like this off the ground and something so goddamn polished production design-wise. So tell me a little bit about, A, how how you guys met, and B, how you started working on this project together? Well, we were both I we were both nominated for the EdFest New Voice Award back in was it 2019? Was it 2019? I think yeah, it was 2019. It was yeah. it was 2019. So it was like, it was like yeah. four years. Now. Yeah. yeah, and um, we met at that. We over in London, and uh, we just kind of hit it off started yapping, started talking. We've both done, we both had kind of, we both had pilots that we'd made and... We both, yeah, yeah. We both lost, by the way. We were nominated in the same character. Someone else won. Uh, we, like, we, uh, maybe we're bonding over these. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But it was like, we were, we, were, we were just getting on really well. 
um, yeah. at the event. Mm. And uh, we stayed in touch. Yeah. We found it. We did an awful lot of stuff in common. Like we both would be quite passionate about uh, the, the social justice story. And like Alex was talking about Olive at that point, And I had never heard of her. And it, it just seems so bizarre that someone like her existed. And she isn't known. I mean, whatever about it in the UK, like where she she doesn't have, you know, people don't have the information about her there either. But I was shocked that even in Ireland we didn't because, I mean, she was powerful, a powerful, important figure. And I think there's, it goes for an awful lot of females in particular. Um, when you look back, they get, they're lost in history. Yeah, like I've had a lot of, I've had like quite a few conversations with uh, Ross about, about these type of stories and stories in Ireland as well about, yeah. um, about uh, people, particularly women in history, have been overlooked and uh, for whatever reason their stories haven't been told. And it's kind of like, for me, this is, this particular thing is almost a case study in like whose stories get to be told. I mean, who decides why, you know, who gets picked to be, to be important in the, in the context of history. So um, when I actually found out more about about Olive Morris's story, and I just figured to myself, this is this is this is a no-brainer that it should really be a a, a major historical figure. But she's like again, she's not completely unknown, but she's relatively obscure in terms of um, you know. Again, she had a few. She was in Brixton. She had a building named after in Brixton. But even a lot of Brixton people in her neighbourhood today, they don't. They didn't really know who she was. They just know that there was a building named after her and it's it's almost kind of been forgotten. Like it's starting to lose that essence of 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 what she actually did and what she was actually about. So maybe this film's gonna remind people. So and it and it and a really stunning film. So tell me a little bit about your um researching into her. So you had kind of she'd always been a little bit on your radar in in writing this short film. Did you and with it with a kind of view to direct it, did you kind of delve deep into her history? Did you delve deep into her history and then decide to direct the film? And how did that influence your writing? Uh, no, it kind of started out, I found out about her, you know, by coincidence, because I, I because uh, I've lived in, um, I mean, I've, I've lived in various parts of the world, but I was born in, I was born in the UK, I was born in the UK, and like, I've spent most of my life in London or various parts of London, but I didn't actually um, live in Brixton, where she was primarily operating out of till 2016 so i moved there um and then i was having some some particular issues with uh my land uh lord at the time or landlady but same thing and someone told me that there was a building called olive morris house um where you can go to and get your um your housing issues looked at and sorted out and resolved and, and if there's a dispute. And so I went over there. Uh, it's a council building. I had, I, I spoke to someone about my issues and then I looked on the wall and there was like a big, there was like a really, uh, striking picture of Olive Morris. Um, with a, you know, I get, I, I she probably had that, that, that megaphone as well. Uh, and he said that she was an activist and like she fought for spotters rights and, you know, she, you know, she died at 27. So I was like, I was, I, I got very interested just by that little picture and that little blurb about her in the building named after. So I went home, you know, as you do, went on the internet, went on Google, so, you know, tried to find out more about her. You know, and there's actually, there's a, there's a fair bit of literature about her on the internet in terms of like written literature. Um, and it, that's in no small part due to 
uh, an organization called Remember Olive Morris Collective, and they've actually their their friends and and family members of her at the time who've actually helped try to keep a, a record of of um, her activities and stuff for people to remember. Um, but there wasn't really any audio visual material. I kind of thought, oh, there must be some documentaries, some films, some you know. You know, just just stuff about her that you'd expect, but um, there was there really wasn't anything. So I just thought to myself, this is really not. Only, it just doesn't make sense because, like I said, you know, she died at twenty seven. She founded a lot of like you know, um, organizations to fight for injustices. Um, at seventeen, she did what she did in my film, uh, which is physically put herself in danger um, to stop a man being wrongly arrested and wrongly assaulted, and herself got beaten up for that for that purpose and threatened with sexual assault, you know, 17 years old. That's, you know, that's, you know, you people people become legendary like figures in history but doing less. Um, I'm not saying that it's a competition or anything, but I'm just surprised that she wasn't more celebrated. So, yeah, on, on that basis, I just decided, you know, um, if no one has done a film about her or or by the time I'm in a position to do it myself, I'll do it myself. And that's kind of how, how it went. So I, I, you know, I, I, from that point forward, I knew I was going to do something, but I, I went on to make other stuff. Um, and I made them, and I ended up making, uh, my, my, my short film, which I starred as a TV pilot or the solution, which is actually a comedy. Um, and that's, that was, uh, how I met was because. It was at the Edinburgh TV Festival. I got nominated. We got nominated for the, uh, I think it was called the Test Card Pilot Award. Yeah, yeah. That was what it was called. Um, and well, this film was in there as well. And yeah, that's that's kind of how we met. So I actually, I actually kind of like, I compartmentalized that in my mind. Okay, I'm, I'm going to get around to doing that. But you know, I still wanted to do other things first. And then, um, yeah, that's uh, that's 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 the genesis of that. And then later on. I got, uh, after I made the solution, I was like, okay, now time to head into Olive Morris because no one else has done it. I wrote the script. Um, you know, I sent it, I sent it around, uh, quite a lot of people. The, the response was, the response was very good from a lot of producers. It actually got into, um, a, uh, uh, BFI, which is a British Film Institute sort of, um, networking, networking, uh, event. Uh, where uh, producers and directors were introduced to each other um, for the purpose of actually, you know, collaborating on on a film. So uh, I sent my my film. I'm, I'm a, by the way, I'm a producer myself, but you know, with the BFI, you can't do. You're not allowed to do everything. So I, you know, I had to like say, okay, I'll, 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 I'm I'm a on this project. I'll be writing and directing. Uh, but that, but that's particular to the BFI. So when I went to them. And, and did that uh, in the hopes of applying for funding for them. Um, I met uh, a lot of producers. A lot of producers wanted to actually do it because they liked the script. Um, I settled on one and that happened. Unfortunately, we didn't get the funding. Not quite sure what happened there. It kind of, uh, yeah. And then that kind of, that situation kind of went away. Ros got involved. Um, obviously, I called up. I said, hey, I really want to make this film. By Olive Morris, and you, you know, you know, you know how long I want to make this film, and you're a brilliant producer, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, maybe, um, maybe you can take, you know, maybe you can help me out, get it to Ireland, and see, you know, see what's 
give us a fuck. So do you want? I mean, you could take it from there. See what? Yeah, no, that's it. So, then we were t- we were talking about that, and like I mean, I the frustration, like because it was a story that from the first time Alex spoke about it, I was in. Do you know what I mean? Because it's you know when someone's that passionate, that committed to making something, and plus I think the story was so important and aligns with your values so deep well like it you know resonates with something I also just want to point something out um Mm. because there's something that you hear quite a lot and Alex likes like now you're standing here with a piece of work and I'm sorry I do want to come back to you but just while it's while it's kind of fresh on the table that you're standing here with a with a with a press of like a piece of a beautiful piece of finished work that is like winning <laughs> like nominated for like top tier awards that you're you know I presume you'll have a lot of interest you'll have a lot but like what I'm hearing in what you're telling me and Roshin as well what you're saying is that you were just rejected consistently and that's like universally timeless and beautifully performed and beautifully executed that there was so much rejection going on and I think as someone who kind of creates work it's it's important to point out like what you guys did amazingly and what a lot of people tend to do is just get disheartened and give up but what you're doing is like it just going I have something amazing here I want to keep working because I think that's what people don't realize is the amount of rejection people face but anyway as we're continuing on that vein I wanted to applaud you it's it's on the same vein because we applied here like I applied to try and make it here um and applied for funding and we were talking about it because <clears throat> I think one of the things that has fascinated me around it and something that we've chatted a lot about after was um, the moment of radicalization. The thing that finally breaks the camel's back. And we knew, like I spoke to Alice, Olive Mars had come to Belfast and met with various people there. But we, I could find nothing about it. And that was including like all my, asking all my family in the North and everything to look into it. And they, nothing. They could find nothing about her visit there, but we know it happened. And I think that moment of radicalization is really interesting when her as an individual, being so young at the time, like, which is incredible, um, said enough is enough. And I think it's so important to capture that moment on screen. So I did apply here. I did apply for funding here. And, um, you know, as an individual project and then part as, of a bigger project, which we kind of talked about a little bit afterwards. And again, it was like, nah, <laughs> not going to happen. And like we'd put London on screen, shot in Ennis with Paddy. And so I knew it could be done. And that and was... A period And a period piece. 1970s London. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so... um so I was very disheartened at that point. And it just felt like it was such an uphill battle. And then, <laughs> over to Alex as well, was never, yeah. never going to let that go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was like, like I, yeah, I'm like, I was like a dog with a bone with this, with this one. I was like, like you know, it's, I'm going to make it however it needs to be made. So obviously when it didn't work, I mean, Ros did her best in, you know, um, trying to get funding in Ireland, but it didn't work out. So I just decided I'm just going to crowdfund this this project. Um, so I did that. I got involved with a uh, I got involved with an organisation, a crowdfunding platform called Greenlit uh, in the UK, and they um it's 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 very much of the of the Kickstarter GoFundMe variety type of thing. Um, um, and you know they they help you put together a really like nice looking professional page. Um, with uh with all the 
attributes of the film, you know, whether it's, you know, um, whether it's, um, you know, who, the, the people who are involved, people that you, you know, that you've attached to it in terms of cast or crew, um, images, video, anything, any, you know, any background of the film to actually make a really nice page. And then I did that. I spent, I spent a lot of time doing all that myself, um, with the, with the members of the Greenlit team. And then, um, and then I started on the crowdfunding thing, which is very, very specific because I, I decided, I, I thought it made perfect sense to go to Brixton, where Ola Morris was from, and actually talk to people on the ground on a daily basis for a month and ask them for money. So that's kind of what I, I kind of like, I kind of knocked on people's doors for, and I think I, I started to gain a bit of notoriety because eventually like the local papers started writing about me. Like, okay, there's this guy doing a crowdfunding campaign. He's not stopping. He's just like, and people started donating. People were giving it to me because I was literally showing them, you know, I was coming to them with a, with a, with a, with an iPad, an iPad or whatever and showing them the, the greenlit page and saying, you can donate on this page. Here's all the information about the film you need to. And, I actually raised about fifteen thousand pounds in about four weeks. Wow! Just you know, literally just by knocking, knocking on doors, talking to. I mean, I got a lot of no's, but I got a lot of yeses as well. Um, and you know, I was able to offer things on the page. Like for example, um, uh, like a lot of people. If you see the film, you you put you 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 see the film. There's a lot of names at the end of the credits. A lot of names. Those are all people who gave me like fifteen pounds or, or ten pounds. And I said, listen, if you do that, I'll put your name at the end of the film. We'll be there. And that's why there's a lot of, you know, there's there's a lot of names there. And for for a couple of people, I, I said, you know, you no, know, fifty pounds can get you some, can get you like, uh, you know, a copy of the poster and this, and you know, you just make you you just offer, offer little gifts for people and stuff. But um, but yeah, uh, I I managed to basically raise the production budget through crowdfunding, um, but very grassroots on the ground uh, to have a and your involvement with the family as well there was like they, the fa- Alex's family have been very um, involved with Alex and that was something that was really important to you as well was to have that backing from them yeah yeah um, I, 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 I like I said I, re- I did I did do a lot of research on the actual point on the, before doing it because you know this is someone's life you have to take it I've, you know, I take that responsibility seriously. If I'm, if I'm making a film by a real person, it has to, you have to you have to look as much into it as you can. So I did the research. I, you know, I did what uh, research I could, secondary or third third hand research in terms of looking at archives and all that all that type of thing. But then at a certain point, I started to try and contact people that knew her because there are people that are still alive, family members, friends, all that stuff knew her with, um, and. I got I got in touch with um someone who was uh, uh, her best friend in the semis, wow. um a la- yeah a lady called Liz Obi, and she actually she's actually one of the founders of the Remembering Olive Morris Collective, um so I got in touch with her, and she was very helpful. She was like you know she she you know she was just telling me stories about Olive and like what she was like and this and that, and then she also asked me to come along to um a blue plaque event in Brixton. Well, what a blue, yeah, I don't know if you've got a blue, blue pack things in Ireland, but they're basically, um, just plaques that, uh, you put on a, on, on a building or a house to commemorate, um, uh, an individual or a person of historical significance who's, who's no longer alive. Um, 
and say, listen, that person lived there, that person was there, you know, did something significant there. So that plaque stays, just stays there. It's wonderful to be so integrated with your story, to really feel a part of like her society. Like I, I actually, it must feel to be, you must feel like you know her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, weirdly enough, I, I, you know, like, yeah, I, I do, you know, you know, for someone I've never met, it's, uh, it's, yeah, I feel like I've got a very strange, like, affinity, um, with, with, um, with, with Olive Morris. I feel like I'm, you know, like, she's someone close to me. And, and it's, it's weird because again, you know, I, I don't, we never met. Like, I wasn't even alive when she was, when she, when, when she died. So I, yeah, um, but uh, yeah, I, I do kind of have that sense now. And through meeting again, I um, I did I did meet family you know family members of hers at that blue plaque unveiling, which was in the summer of twenty summer of twenty twenty one. Um, and and then more recently, a few months ago, uh, there was a screening of the film in Brixton, uh, where there was a hall a hall named after Olive Morris. And then, um, basically, most of the surviving members of the family were in attendance uh, for that screening, and they 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 watched the film for the first time, and that was an emotional moment for them and for me, you know, because uh, I didn't know how they they react because you know this is just me, you know, using using my 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 skills as a as a filmmaker to you know kind of like do a docudrama based on their. On, on their on a person that was their 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 flesh and blood, um, but the reaction that they had was was to me it was amazing. They told you know, like without each and every one came up to me and said, "What what what a great thing that film was, Justin Olive." And again, a, a particular thing that stood out that really stuck stuck me her 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 younger brother Errol Errol Morris. He came up to me and said. I'm really proud of you, young man. You really did justice to, you know, that that's that's what my sister was and that's what that period was. And it just felt like you nailed it. So I actually cried that actually like, I was like, Shh, yeah, okay. That was that was a night of one of those late night phone calls. Mm. It was, I can vouch yeah. for it. It was incredibly emotional for you and when we had talked later on, it was, um, and I think that was a hugely important moment after all the years of trying to make it that almost as the prize, you know, yeah. um, just to have that yeah. reaction from Yeah, it. yeah, I mean, like, I mean, at that time, I mean, by, by the point they'd seen it, the film had won some awards and, you know, it was, the trajectory was very clear in terms of the, you know, you know, it was doing well on the festival circuit, and so, so from that perspective, I was like, "Oh, I know people think it's a, it's a nice film and stuff," but for the family, for the actual family to react the way they did, I didn't realize it would take you would like, you know, you know, get me in that way, but it kind of did. So yeah, that was it. That's really beautiful. Um, and tell me a little bit about the process of making the film because you really like. You really captured something so gorgeous. And so this is it. It was so polished, like everything from the the uniforms to the lighting, to the background, to the, the environment, the cars, everything. Like it's it's so it's it's so polished and, and 
and well put together. How did you achieve that? Because like even raising a good amount of money, <laughs> that takes a lot of money. Um, I mean, for a start, it was, um, I got a lot of people involved on Goodwill. Um, a lot of like, you know, very, very talented professionals. People, uh, you know, like I'm, I'm a big believer in if you don't ask, you don't get. You know, that's how, that's how, that's how I got, that's how I raised the budget. You know, if you don't, if you don't ask, you don't get. And like, a lot of my approach with this was like, you know, we haven't all the money in the world, you know, but I recognize because I'm, I'm good at, I'm, I'm good at, I'm good at spotting talent or, you know, or, you know, as a, as a, as a director, you're as good as your crew, right? You know, and if you have, if you have the right crew around you, you can make magic. So I'm very, I'm very good at, spotting you know like the right dlp or the right production designer or the right or the right pair of makeup person and be like okay you know if we get if we get all of the, if we get all of them in the room together you know we're going to make something special and that's that's essentially how it happened you know i got i got a lot of really really good people together at, at almost like very minimal rates you know because people believe in the project yeah, and it's it's stunning. So t- the process of the shoot, how long did it take? How much did the the prep do? Sourcing all that stuff must have taken some amount of time because you, you're saying you met back in 2019, but like something like this takes so long to to put together. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, it, it, obviously, like that, like um, like I I I've been working on it. I've been working it from from ages. So I kind of like I I put together the skeleton of the thing myself for from yeah probably from like 2019 onwards I, you know i i wrote the script you know i made sure i got storyboards i i i kind of um yeah i got uh, yeah i got i got storyboards and everything you know i got collages um i kind of like i kind of got a lot of a lot of imagery attached to it that kind of like gave the grant the framework for people to actually work in. So people did so people kind of like knew what I was thinking of, knew what I could provide them in terms of materials. Um when I was sending when I was when I was trying to engage people to to actually come on board the project. You know, and like you know, like some people came on board and and so it was actually it was actually quite a process. I you know I I attached people and for various reasons, you know, maybe because you know that you know I didn't get funding in couldn't find the funding I needed in enough time. They dropped out. Then I had to find and you know another person to replace them, and so on and so forth. But by the grace of God, it actually we actually got to a point in 2021 where I did finally secure the funding through through the crowdfunding thing. Um, I uh, uh, attached all the necessary crew, and again, it was there, there was some really high level uh, high level professionals on this. Like our production designers, um, a lady called Juliet Antoinette Green. And like she's been uh, a production designer in, in TV and, and theatre and film in the UK for like, for like you know twenty plus years. She's been around for a while, super experienced. And she actually what she won an award for her production team, which is brilliant. Um, at a Soul Festival, which is great. Um, and and then you had have our, our our hair and makeup supervisor, who's called Alison Edwards. Now she's actually the head, currently the head um, hair and makeup. Person on Death in Paradise, which is a made, which is a big BBC One show. Yeah, you know, and like she's someone I literally, I just, I called up and I said, um, "Can you, you know, I'd really invite you to do this." And like, you know, and she was, it, it was about, it wasn't about for her, it wasn't about the money or anything like that. It was about, you know, the story and the script 
and Oliver Morris itself. So I was able, like, again, like I said, I was able to attach a lot of really high caliber talent. And that's why the film looks like it does, because, you know, you can't, you know, again, you know, you get the right people and um, you know what you, you know, know what you want. Um, you'll make something that looks good. And it's it's stunning, and that's your skills as well as a as a as a filmmaker. So let's not <laughs> let's not gloss over that. It's very um, there's there is so much to it. As I as I kind of said, like it's very big, small film. There's there's a, so much happening. Yet it's there, there's there it, the pace is perfect. Like it feels like something that both is much longer and much shorter than 10 minutes in the sense where the time flies by. There's no bit where you're like, but there's like afterwards, you're like so much has happened. Like I've been taken on a journey and that's a, that's like literally the best balance. Like that's number one critique of films. Like it's either they're too long or too short. <laughs> and I think like part of that, like finding the pacing, finding the beat, the, the crux of the film, getting those authentic emotional moments like I'm just thinking of of Olive and, and the, the the female police officer like that really was very confronting and very well played because it was so low-key like it was just it was really powerful to watch and you know it's like well you're a woman like how can you do that and, and that point is there the the performances were just brilliant and it happened so fast like you got in you got out the scene was there it, it punched through so that's what I I thought was incredible how do you like make those decisions is it something that you had in your mind perfectly the whole time is it something that you find with the actors in the moment like how do you get those moments um yeah um I mean this project was it was it was rehearsed so we did we like I said I I went through rehearsals with um um, with, yeah, with all my, it, was very, uh, it was very much in the script though I mean it was always there and even yeah. when you were reading through the script you could see every moment so it was always there and I think when you have the calibre of actors that Alex got together they're going to see that too you know what I mean and they see the tone that was in the, the tone was incredibly clear within the script so there was never a question I don't think from an outside point of view of oh which where is this pitched like where are we going with this because it was so strong within the the original script and that moment is something that we talked about a, a little bit about because it's heartbreaking and it is a question it is that um question of a female being in that position and her obviously feeling disempowered being a female in that circumstance but which way she had a choice in that moment in time and the choice that she made. And um, you can identify with both women. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, as well as points. So I kind of like, I, I, I did have a very, it was very deliberate how I structured it tonally. Like at the beginning, it was meant to be lighter. It was meant to be like, you know, this is, this is innocence taken away. Type of thing, you know, she's, He's in the record shop. It's a very, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's fun, you know, like the, the interaction with her and the record shop owner and his assistant and, you know, and the music and it's, it's all, it's just like, you know, this is life. And it's just in that, in an instant, you know, just seeing that incident through the, through the window. Yeah. And that's, then, then she enters a whole new realm and it becomes a lot more darker. So, um, the whole thing was, yeah, yeah. Essentially, essentially, 
tonally, I knew I knew where I was going in each in each in each section of the film. Yeah, no, it jumped off the page, and it is very true to hers to what happened. That you know what I mean. The film is true to a moment in time, a real moment in time that ha- that happened to her. So, obviously, um, coming from that point of view, you want it. There's a lot of truth within it, and then you know you're you're cre- creating a film to represent it. But the moment yeah. in time did happen, and yeah. Olive herself had such a short life that I think that's one of the things that's heartbreaking. Um, she did so much in such a short space of time. And that's because instantly I'm like, where's the feature? Where's the feature? <laughs> because it yeah. is that. Like, I mean, she's an outstanding human being who at such a young age and was a, was a little girl and became an activist in that moment. And I think that was something that is really, really striking within the film as well. Yeah. Um, so tell me about the the music because it is there's some absolutely gorgeous um like a sound mix underneath this and and the songs in it are, are like really really beautiful. Um, just describe a little bit about that. Okay. Um the the actual the actual main composer um is a is a is a is a is a jazz musician called Courtney Pine. Um, I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's 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 one of the most like well-regarded jazz uh, musicians from the UK, and he's been like he's been around for like thirty odd years. He's been you know he's been around a long time, and again I I I I I got to know, I I got contact with him through um, our casting director who also happens to manage him, and then uh, I asked if he was interested in. in you know, helping compose it. So the the through line through through the film is his. The score is his. Um, but there's also other bits of individual music from individual artists. Several of the of you know from the, of the time period. Now a lot of those pieces of music are quite expensive or ordinary or very very difficult to license. I got um, um, Desmond Decker, the Israelites. Um, which is a song from 19, actually 1969 or thereabouts. Um, and a song called, um, a song from Fela Kuti, who's a, the father of Afrobeats, um, from, you know, from the 60s and 70s. And, um, who else? Yeah, yeah, I, I got, I got those, I got those tracks. Um, but it was through the uh, reaching out to, um, uh, music supervisors, uh, Company called Curved Arrow. They were actually very helpful. I, I, I kind of, it's the same way I, I, I got a lot of people on board this project. I appealed to them to like, okay, help me try and get this stuff as cheaply as possible. Let people know that this is good karma to be in part of this project. Um, go, go approach like Universal Records and say, listen, he doesn't, he doesn't have the money to do it yet, but give it to him for like a normal fee and like, you know, it'll be worth your while. And it happened. That's kind of how it happened. So I got, I, I, you know, and again, Little Sims, she's the end, uh, she's, she's got the end track. She's got the end track, um, called Woman, um, featuring an artist called Cleo Soul. And she's like, she's like the biggest thing in the UK right now. She won the Mercury Music Prize. She won the best new artist at the Brits. She's huge, huge. And she had a number one album recently. And again, she gave me use, license, use of her song for like next to nothing. Um, 
at the that's the that's the that's the closing track of the film. So yeah, we got a lot of great music. It got you know, it, it was a mixture of like getting a really, really strong composer and uh really incredible bits of um, uh, original music on a very low, you know, for not much at all. So yeah, that's what happened. It's fabulous. No, it is. It's, it's really, really cool. Okay, so you have worked on this. You have put your blood, sweat, literal tears into this. Um, and you have gone to the streets. You have made, made sure that it's it's available. And now it's out there. And you're, you're like, like finally like reaching a big audience now. So tell me a little bit about what it's like to sit sort of this side of that project, of, of that mountain of a project. It's, it's, it's interesting. It's, um, you know, it's like, this, I mean, to be real, like, you know, where, I mean, where it's at now is, you know, Barcelona, but that's like the pinnacle of, of pretty much of, of our field, of our industry, you know? Um, and well, I don't know if, I don't know if that was at the forefront of my mind when I was making it, you know, to, you know, it was more about just making it and, you know, getting out there and like, getting her name out there and like and what have you but again yeah it's been it's been amazing you know you get you know you get people congratulating you 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 know you feel you feel really well well regarded by your peers a lot of people you know you know there's a there's just a lot of filmmakers that i know and respect who have like you know well done alex and you know like yeah your champ and all that and it's and you know it feels good it does feel it does feel good you know to to yeah, pat and pat on the back for a job well done. So I'll take it. I'll take it. Well, it's more that you've. The, I think for the amount of work and it's as we were saying earlier. I think in a lot of ways that screening with the friends and family was kind of the prize because that was probably the biggest fear. Um, you know, and it would be for anyone. It is that fear of the people that are involved and knew her. Um, reacted in the way they did. Yeah, but I think it's very well deserved. Um in its place and for, and for what was ultimately a very low budget and hard fought to make film. It's fantastic. And it kind of gives hope to a lot of other people as well out there, which I think is, is great. And, um, it's there because of the talent, you know what I mean? It's there because of the writing. It's there, the acting, which was just incredible, which is down to the casting. I mean, there's so much there. And then, it's screening. Is it next week? It's over in LA again, and which again will bring it to a whole new audience. Which yeah, is fantastic. It, yeah, yeah. In terms of upcoming screens, actually screening again on uh, uh, this uh, screening again on February fourth, uh, a BAFTA screening, and then it's it's having a festival screening. Um, in Los Angeles, uh, the Pan African Film Festival, uh, which is an Oscar, it's an Oscar qualifying festival. Um, very, you know, I was very happy that we got accepted in that. And that's, you know, that's the start of our sort of like presence in America. So yeah. And like, yeah. And like the week, before, I mean, like last week we were in Germany at a festival there and showing the film there. So it's really, it's, it's going a bit international now. I'd like to actually bring it to Ireland soon. Ooh. Ooh, fabulous. Yes, we hope to screen in Ireland very soon. Um, I've had a couple. Frank was on um, from Boyne Valley International Film Festival and they kindly actually offered because um, Alex was going to come over for a little while to do a little bit of writing over here. 
and they were very very kindly offer, offered some office space but anyway things like festivals and BAFTAs have gotten in the way so he's not going to be <laughs> yeah yeah I, yeah it's a weird yeah, it's a funny one I was actually meant yeah that's the thing I was meant to be writing I, I, I'm, I was I was writing a feature not not actually do not Olive it was another it was another feature um and I was meant to be kind of doing that February March but then I didn't really then we got nominated for the BAFTAs and then all this other stuff started getting in the way so yeah it's uh it's a whirlwind you know like you, you know and such an exciting world and, and shows as well. Like, so in a, in a film where at the very beginning where you guys had to fought so hard, like, and literally walk the streets to, to get it funded. Like now that's it. You're, you, you really are like, it is time to celebrate, which is amazing. Okay. So that, that's brilliant. So look, guys, thank you so much for chatting. You've taken enough of your time. I think it's, there's so much celebrating to be done. And it was just, again, like such a, such a really, really beautiful film. It's, it's really, really well deserved. Thank you. Thank you, Gemma. Thank you, Gemma. Thank you.